Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard, brought to you in part by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And it's another action-packed, exciting edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. My name is Eric Smith. Across from me, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. Welcome back, sir. It's good to be back, sir. It's always good to be together. And we got a guest on the show. We don't want to spoil it. I'll let you do the surprise reveal. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, go to the website and you can find out what we usually talk about. That's thecarolinacontractor.com. You want to hear past shows? We've got tons and tons. How many we got up there, Donnie, about? Over 100. And the shows usually talk about things regarding your house, the inside, the outside, the roof, the basement, and things around your house. But we also have some unique subjects. Uh, for example, last week we had yep. Dr. Peden on. Yes, sir. That was a good show, and we got a lot of uh, good feedback from that. Dr. Peden has been on, I guess, the third time last yeah, week? Yeah, three times. And um, last week we covered a few good things like the FDA approval for the vaccine and just what was involved in that. And I, he just really provided a lot of good information. So if you want to go back and listen to that show, again, hit the website for that. We also have the Ask the Contractor button. That's if you have a question about your house. And Donnie, being a general contractor, it works out best that he just answers those questions. You click out the button, fill out your name and number or a contact and ask your question. He'll get back to you with that and just all sorts of information. Plus, it's the easiest way to find the Facebook page. Again, the website address for the show is thecarolinacontractor.com. What you got, Donnie, aside from a guest? Not much. We've been really busy, but pretty routine and just looking forward to a little cooler weather. Football weather, as we That's like to it, call it. That's it, man. Football right, and grilling. Take, take us off here, man. We're ready to go. Yep. Uh, well, today we brought in Karen Conklin. Uh, Karen's a registered nurse and basic life support instructor. Um, she's also the maternal health instructor at Novant Health. And the reason I brought Karen in is we get a lot of questions in terms of renovating your house or building an existing house that may be uh, friendly to infants or toddlers. And of course, the big thing we get the most of is uh, how can we build our house to be safe for our in-laws or for folks who want to get old in their house and make it safe in terms of handicap accessibility. But mm-hmm. Karen, thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Thanks for you. having me. Yep. This is exciting. How did you go from a nursing career to teaching? So a large part of nursing is actually educating patients and their families. And I started teaching basic life support, which is CPR. Mm-hmm. Got into a class one day and the maternal health director asked me to start teaching with her. So I realized as a young student that I'd always wanted to teach expectant parents and it just kind of fell in my lap. And thank goodness it did. Well, to dive right in, um, what would be some of your recommendations uh, for expecting parents in terms of what they may want to do or not do in their house before they bring home a new baby? Mm -hmm. So always make sure that you educate yourself. There's lots of great classes out there. The majority are virtual right now. Mm -hmm. Always make sure that you have good hand washing like you talked about in your show last week. Right. And uh, I know that he suggested you use the Happy Birthday song, uh-huh. but there are plenty of other songs that are about 20 seconds. Like One what? is Jolene <laughs> by <laughs> Dolly Parton, and also Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. You sing that chorus, and you're all clean. Nice. So sometimes moms develop a nesting syndrome, kind of mm-hmm. like the mama bird building the nest. Mm-hmm. And moms are going to go down and have those honey-do lists. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different things that you can do around the house to create a safe environment for right. your baby. My idea is always, uh, even though it's a, a, an infant, you can never prepare too early to crawl around on the floor and find things that you need to finally pick up. Because even as an infant, that's not going to be the immediate need. It will become a need. And we're going to address those a little bit later. But uh, here's my thing. My wife 
had our son, our first child, a month early. She went to the hospital just for a normal checkup, and they said, you're having a baby today. So I had to figure <laughs> out figure out how to get the car seat in. Car seats are the first thing you need to think about because when you leave the hospital, you got to come home. The majority of hospitals do require that your car seat be installed prior to discharge. And always practice putting it in and putting it out because you never know what's going to happen that you might go to the hospital early. My brother used to be associated with a fire department, and I believe that most local fire departments do that as a service for free. So they'll put your car seat in the proper way and don't charge for that. You have to be careful when friends offer you their child safety seat for your car. They try to do it out of being nice. Don't do that. Make sure it's a new seat because you don't know where that seat has been. If it's been in an accident, well, it's probably had things done to it you don't want to know about. But as for an accident or if it's old or it's not as safe as it needs to be, it's one of several things you want to spend the money on and get brand new. So all new equipment that you bring in your home, you want to make sure that you check the federal government website to make sure that it's safe. Always look at the reviews and always make sure that you register those products online. You can look at the information booklet and there's a QRS code. You can open the camera app on your phone and scan that. Mm -hmm. That way you will be alerted to any recalls that may occur to the products. All right, let's go to water. It doesn't take much for a drowning. So how much is it about for drowning? It's about one inch of water. Mm -hmm. So people don't think about the little, even the little baths you have for an infant that you just put a teeny bit of water in and you do a sponge bath with and you think, well, they can't get out of this. The phone rang or I need to check on something else. That's a big no-no. Correct. Never leave a baby unattended in any amount of water. All right. This is a number you need to have on your fridge. I'm just going to go ahead and ask, have any of you for your own children had to call poison control before? Fortunately, no. Yes. All right. I have to. What, what, do you want to tell your story? I'll tell mine. So actually, she got a hold of some gummy vitamins. Mm-hmm. They taste good. And um, I'm glad that you brought it up because Poison Control is there to answer any questions that you might have. So it's very important for you to have some basic information written down about your child to include any allergies, their height and weight, and their pediatrician and which hospital system you might prefer to go to. All right. My son, I was watching him. He uh, went over and drank an Airwick. Do you know what an Airwick is? Those little oils that you plug in. Yes. And, well, it was cinnamon, so it smelled good, and he drank it. So I found out, and I called Poison Control. And if you've ever had to call them, they're not judgmental or anything. They're just going to help you as quickly as they can. So they told me, it's, it was an, in this case, it was an essential oil. He'll be fine, but his mouth might burn. And then it might, he might be irritated when he tries to pee later. And I said, but will he smell like cinnamon? My wife didn't think that was funny at all either, but he uh, he was fine. But have that number because there's a good chance you might have to call that. And they're fantastic to deal with. All right, let's move to our room kitchen. Where are some things people need to look out? People need to look out for cleaning chemicals. You also need to look out for the stove. So you want to make sure that you teach them to not touch the hot stove. And you want to make sure that you turn the handles of your mm-hmm. pots and pans inward. Right. How about the bathroom, Karen? Um, you want to look at your personal care products. Children want to imitate everything that you do, so they're going to try and use your mouthwash, their your toothpaste, any products that you use on your hair, but they're not going to realize that you spit out your toothpaste or you spit out the mouthwash. Right, right. Um, in terms of water temperature, I know we've, we've commented on water heaters mm-hmm. here and there, but what do you well recommend done, for that? 
120 degrees that can be checked Ooh. out. And anytime you put your child in water, make sure that you check it yourself first mm-hmm. by either placing water on the forearm or the wrist. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer, um, 120 degrees is a bit low compared to what I have uh, at my house, but I know that's a personal preference and uh, it is the right thing to do if you have little kids. All right, here's something I thought of, um, Karen. A lot of people, before they have kids, have pets. Pets are and, your first children. Yeah, our fur babies. So what are some of the things expecting parents need to consider with pets? So you'll want to make sure that you expose them to some baby sounds. You may want to play crying sounds for them. You also want to make sure that you take their food and water bowls up from the ground because that could be one inch of water. We just talked about that. But also your children are going to want to explore their food and those Mm -hmm. little pellets can be just the right size. But I usually recommend when you're going to bring your baby home from the hospital, make sure that you include a special blanket or swatch of fabric to wrap your new baby in and your partner or dad can bring home that fabric for the pet to smell. That way they get introduced to Mm -hmm. that new baby before they come home. Now, this isn't related to safety, but real quick, I also recommend if you have older kids, when you're having a second or third child, let your older child bring a gift, even, you know, a teddy bear or something, because it it really makes your older child think, oh, I'm part of this process. I actually teach a siblings class, which is a joy to teach virtually right now. And I Teach them two big things, the hand washing, like we talked about, but also you want to talk to them about how to hold a baby. Mm -hmm. And you always focus on positive rewards anytime you see them do something good for their new brother or sister. Give them a treat. Have them sit up. Positive words. Mm -hmm. Lots of positive words. Good. We'll get into the part about handicap accessibility, but I guess with uh, infants and toddlers, it's it's basically restricting accessibility where uh, with older people, you want to make accessibility. Uh, What do you recommend for that? You want to make sure that you install gates. So at the top and bottom of stairs, you want to make sure that you have hardware mounted gates. And it is okay to use pressure mounted gates as long as it's between two rooms where they are visible. Gotcha. Um, we put something out on the website a while back. I don't know if you remember this, Eric, but it was a pocket door style gate. Yeah. So it just slid right out from the wall cavity. And of course, there's a, a trim involved with that. And it's a little more surgery than just a regular gate that you install. But I think those are really neat. Makes it very easy to use that door. Um, Karen, now, as a registered nurse, you obviously know first aid, CPR. But is there a difference between regular CPR and infant CPR? And would you recommend expecting parents to take it? Yes, I recommend that every person that will care for your new infant take an infant and safety CPR class. Just to let you know, the hand position is a little bit different when you administer compressions and also the amount of air that you would deliver to the child will be different from a child or an adult. All right, this is a Carolina Contractor Show and our guest today is Karen Conklin. And what we're talking about is Things around your house when you have kids and as they babies in this case, and as they grow up, become toddlers. And then we're going to also move into a little bit later this show. We're going to talk about maybe the senior citizens or people with handicaps and things that need to be considered in your house, especially if you have a a relative that's going to come either visit or live with you, because that's very common now to have older relatives, a mom or dad move in with you, you'll have to make some changes to your house. But we just went from infants and and now let's move to the terrible twos and the trying threes. (laughs) And now they're walking around. Things change greatly. 
Karen, what's some of the things you need to think about in your house when the kids start walking and traveling on their own? So you want to make sure that you have all of your furniture and televisions mounted to the wall. Those are usually the anchors are usually provided with that equipment when you bring it in the home. And again, you just want to make sure that you've got all sharp objects put away and you want to make sure that you keep all medications out of their reach as well. A lot of medications can actually be found in purses or bags on the floor. I've always heard that uh, if you don't have really good overhead lighting, uh, for instance, if you live in an older home, that uh, that's something you should talk to an electrician about getting installed because uh, all the cords and everything associated with lamps could also be hazardous and um, not sure what you have to say about the plugs. I guess that, that goes without saying they have the little plastic uh, outlet covers and things like that. Is Will that suffice? Um, you want to make sure that you hit all retail stores just to have the protective equipment there. But overhead lighting would be best because children do love to plug cords. They like buttons. They like switches. They like, again, to imitate you what you're doing. So getting any cords wrapped up or put away will be to their benefit as well. And I've always heard from a remodeling standpoint that it's advantageous to And if you have the option, say you have a wall between the living room and the kitchen, a lot of new homes already have that wall missing so that you can have a big great room. But if you have the option, maybe take out that wall so that when you're in the kitchen, you can see the living room at the same time. Correct. You always want to keep a close eye on your children, but you also want to listen for them (laughs) as well. I knew my daughter was probably up to no good if she was very quiet. That's exactly right. When the kids stop talking, you know something is up because it's like our daughters. They, they're normal. They'll get into tiffs and little fights. But we now they're a little bit older. It's not the same. But it used to be when they'd be quiet, we'd go, the girls are quiet. What's wrong? Mm. And you'd always check, and it would be writing on the wall or something like that. Quiet isn't good. Now, real quick, we talked about this off the air. When you have your first child and you heard the slightest noise, you'd like get up and run. But if you have two or more and you hear like... You just kind of wait. You don't hear a cry. You go, yeah, they're fine. You go back to watching TV. (laughs) How about flooring, Karen? Do you have any recommendations on that? Usually hardwood floors would be better. Carpets are going to attract bacteria, mildew, or mold. So hardwoods are probably a little bit easier to take care of with a quick mop. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, to add something to what she said is uh, we talked about LVP, which is acronym for luxury vinyl planking. And that's pretty much becoming more popular than hardwood now because, you know, can't be burned. It can't warp with water. Uh, it's very, very scratch resistant. So if you've got the combo of toddlers and pets, I think it's a no brainer on that. And I just thought of something, Karen. We have two fireplaces in our house and they are mortar. So they got brick. And when we had our son, she, my wife found these little corner padded stickies. They're about a half inch thick and they would run the trim of the brick. We had them running on both hearths. So if he tripped or something, those corners wouldn't hurt him. He'd have those. But we also had crown molding around a lot of the house. And once he was about two years old and running, we found out the crown molding was actually kind of a risk because to this day, he, he's 16 now. He has this little scar in his forehead from when he threw a temper tantrum at two and ran down the hall and took the corner too close and hit the crown molding on the corner right there in the forehead. And he was fine, but we ended up putting little uh, bumpers on the crown molding, something that you don't realize is a hazard until it actually happens. Hey, I was scratching my head when you were talking about crown molding. I think you mean chair rail, unless Zach's I mean, like yeah, seven chair. foot. <laughs> yeah, my son was uh, eight feet tall at two years old. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. That was my mistake. Yes, Sorry, you're dude. Okay. No, you're, you're okay, Donnie. All right, what else do we have to consider? Uh, they get a lot of stuff, so where are they going to put that stuff? 
So you want to make sure that you organize everything. I see that anytime you could add some built-in shelving or cubbies to it, that teaches them to put things back in the correct place. Um, Children like to empty things to discover how large they are and how much more they can fit in there. So anytime you can build extra accessible shelving, that would be beneficial as well. And real quick, with the shelving and things like that, you need to consider if it needs to be anchored to your wall because they're going to try to climb it, and you might Mm. buy a bookshelf or shelving and set it up against the wall and go, this is great. And they're going to say, jungle gym, and they'll try. So you can find a simple anchor, or you can find where the stud is, get a stud finder, And you can put a couple screws in and hold shelving or anything else that if a child climbed on it, it wouldn't pull down. That's a lot of good information. Now let's uh, maybe think about um, older as we move into uh, the ages. Uh, You have your in-laws coming for a visit, and maybe they have some needs that we have to consider. Karen, what are some of those things about home design for in-laws? So you want to make sure that they know how to use their cell phone. Now, a 911 phone call can be made from a telephone if it is installed in a phone jack and you're not required to have phone service. I didn't know that. I didn't either. So I think Donnie had said a lot of homes do not have a phone jack installed anymore in the house, but that would be an older home. Right. It's not very common because uh, we went from, you know, house phones to cordless phones, and then you just had the base with cordless spread out. But uh, most of the houses I see now do not have that uh, phone wiring. And a cool thing that we talked about on a past show is that if you do have that wiring in your house, but you don't have a house phone, um, you can actually turn that into an intercom system if that's something that works for you and your family. Now, Karen, we talked in the beginning about new parents. Be aware of your medications. You usually have in the purse or the counter. If you have someone coming to stay for a while, especially or maybe it's an in-law that's going to move in, they kind of have to be educated to, you have medications, you can't be, not careless, but you can't have them conveniently located because we have a two-year-old in the house, right? That is correct. So a lot of times parents or grandparents organize their medications in a nice pill container. Well, those pills can look like Skittles or any Mm -hmm. type of fun candy M&Ms and children are not able to distinguish that that's a medication or it's candy. So you want to make sure that you encourage them to take a CPR class as well, but they put all their medications high up or locked up even out of reach. And real quick, Karen, the easiest way to take a CPR course? You are more than welcome to look at Any uh, hospital website, I work for Novant Health, we Mm -hmm. have all of our classes listed there, and we offer them several times a month. I'll put that on the website. Okay, good. All right, so your in-laws are, again, we'll take the position that your in-laws are either an extended stay or maybe they're going to have a permanent stay. What are some other things that you need to consider for those in-laws or those parents? I was trying to think. I guess you're going to have to take them to doctor's appointments and you need to kind of know their medical history, like numbers, things like that. Correct. So you want to create an index card or a piece of paper. Sometimes they are sold in the retail stores that have important numbers, such as your hospital, your pediatrician. We do have electronic medical records at this time, and you can easily print out an information sheet. However, Some people are not as computer literate as others, so the more you can have written down for them available on the refrigerator, somewhere they're going to definitely look, it would be to their benefit if they had to call Poison Control Center or 911. 
one thing that's come to my mind since we've been talking is um, the way that you can have a Wi-Fi network and have a camera, even a two-way camera. I think mm-hmm. you have to buy a subscription to be able to talk back through the camera, but uh, we have that and it works really well. So if my kids are there and I have to run to the store, I can keep an eye on them. But I guess that would work as well if you had um, an in-law staying with you and you really needed to communicate with them or, you know, just check in or set your alerts. Uh, if they, you know, got outside the house or something that it would notify you. And, and those things are super cheap, about $100 and a $100 subscription, but I feel like that's cheap insurance. Or if you have the baby monitor system yeah. still, I mean, it, it sounds silly to use it, but it works effectively because most of them now have cameras built in. Don't be afraid to speak to your parents or your in-laws about their allergies or their health Mm. conditions or any medications that they may take. There may be a time when they're not able to communicate that to you. And it would be very important for you to have that knowledge. That way you could let the medical personnel caring for them know the answers to their questions. That sounds good. All right, this is the Carolina Contractor Show. Our guest today is Karen Conklin. She's a basic life support instructor and also maternal health instructor at Novent Health. But a lot of the things you can talk about span the spectrum of being safe and at the house. And and now we kind of move into seniors. And Donnie, this is really going to be something you'll be able to chime in a lot too. Not only making a house something that is safe for senior living, but Mm -hmm. building or modifying and remodeling a house for someone who might have issues getting around. Yeah, I actually built a house or designed and built a house about 10 years ago, and it was fully handicap accessible. Uh, We called this the age in place way to go about this. And that way, so if you have a house, but you're not interested in leaving and you can have in-home health care, then this might be the best option for you. But just to touch on a couple of high spots that we did, when we did the foundation, Uh, We basically dug out the dirt in the foundation. So, of course, the lot was sloped, and there's always a code minimum under your girder, which is the lowest part of your floor system. Well, you have to have dirt um, a minimum of 12 inches away from that girder. So we dug out the high side of the inner part of the foundation, and what that allowed us to do is when we poured the garage concrete, we poured the garage concrete right up to the floor system. So they had zero steps to go into the house, which took care of the wheelchair issue. But um, the other stuff is kind of basic, but you do four-foot hallways, three-foot doorways. Uh, Lever-style handles is something that people don't uh, think about, but you know, as they get older, it may be harder to grip uh, mm-hmm. an average doorknob. Uh, walk-in showers, uh, one thing to note on the walk-in shower, if you do tile, a slip-resistant uh, tile is is what you have to have. And if you'll ask the people you buy the tile from about the coefficient of friction, that's the property that has a slip resistance and it normally measures on a scale of one to 10. Back up a little bit there, Donnie. Explain, you just kind of said four foot hallways, three foot doorways. Explain why people not, might not understand why so right. wide. Uh, I'll go commercial on you for a second. Sure. And on a commercial blueprint, you have something called a bathroom radius. So in every bathroom, you have to have a five foot circle on a plan. And basically what that does is allow somebody in a wheelchair to do a 360 degree turn. So right. um, that they they downsize that a bit for residential application and a four foot hallway will just allow you in a wheelchair or uh, say you had a walker or a person that was going to help you in and out. You know, there's just plenty of room for people to get in and out of those. And three foot doors, you don't realize it, but yeah. uh, a three foot door everywhere takes up a lot of space, but it also is uh, completely worth it. And and I, I'm a big fan when I design a house, I do three foot doors everywhere just uh, to plan for that in the future. Mm-hmm. And another thing to consider, if you find your dream lot and you want to build your dream house, maybe consider if you're going to have two stories. Yeah. Because if you put stairs in and have four rooms upstairs and you want to stay there forever, you're eventually going to want to, if you didn't in the beginning, yeah. convert a room 
to a bedroom and a living room and make sure you have probably a full bath down there too because That's, stairs can become an issue. Exactly. And while you're on wheelchair accessibility, another thing that we did in this house is um, you don't think about cabinets in terms of a handicap height, but the average countertop is oh, yeah. 34 inches. And so uh, handicap accessible countertops are uh, reduced down to 30 inches. And that doesn't sound like a big jump, but if you're sitting in a chair and you have to operate on the counter, then it, that four inches really helps out. And real quick, Donnie, something we talked about uh, grief a couple of mm-hmm. years ago on one of these houses is putting up railings. So someone, yep. they might not be in a wheelchair. It's, this is an issue of getting around in a house. And I know Karen addresses these. You need railings. But it's not necessarily as simple as just nailing up a railing to a wall. That's right. That might be unsafe to do that. And you can explain why. Right. Uh, handic- uh, as far as a handicap bar in a hallway or something like that, usually you have a, a long run of studs. And so every 16 inches, you can find a stud and you have a little more room to work with in terms of where you mount your brackets. Right. Where it gets uh, iffy is in a bathroom. So when you have to put grab bars near um, a bathtub or a toilet, you know, normally the studs aren't going to be where you want. And you mentioned, we talk about this on past shows, but I'm a big advocate of putting blocking in the wall everywhere. So when I build a house, I plan out where the towel bars, the towel rings, the toilet paper holders and all that are going to go. And then I go overboard and I plan if you ever have to install a grab bar to pull yourself up off of the toilet, then uh, you'll have a two by 12 in the wall that'll make that nice and solid. And think when you usually anchor something to the wall, you're just looking for that one inch of of bracing that's yeah. in all houses, but in this case, you're going to have a lot of weight that could be pulling oh, on yeah. it, and you can't just anchor it lightly. And this isn't handicap accessibility, but I, I put a nice touch on this house, and uh, <laughs> this couple was in their 70s, and they were hard of hearing. So um, basically, their old house, everything was really close together, and I think they had like a 12 by 15 living room, and then they move into this massive living room, and uh, their uh, recliners were so far away from the TV that they couldn't hear it. So I spent $100 on a couple of speakers and went into the wall, retrofitted a speaker wire and took it up into the attic. And I dropped speakers to be directly over where the recliner sat. And they basically had surround sound. And uh, they just thought that was the best thing. So people didn't walk in the house going, turn down the TV. Yeah. We told Karen before we went on the air that this this show would go by fast. And, and we want to thank you again. But before we wrap up, Karen, is there any website there or place people can contact when it comes to getting more information and details for elder care or living at home with uh, in-laws that are maybe of a older age? Sure. The Department of Health and Human Services eldercare.gov website has more details as well. All right. We'll put that up on the website. I think also. there's finance and information for that. They have grants through that website, I've heard. And uh, if you qualify, they'll pay you to do some of these re- renovations. Oh, really? You can get a government assistant for rentals? Yes, sir. I did not know that. Well, again, we'll have that up on the website. Start at thecarolinacontractor.com. Karen Conklin, Basic life support instructor, maternal health instructor of Novant Health. Uh, so much you can talk about, and in 30 minutes, it's not <laughs> enough. Uh, but we're going to put that information up on the website so people can look at it. Once again, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. And uh, we thank Donnie for coming in, too. And if you have a question for Donnie, maybe it is about your house and you need some retrofit or some ideas on things like that, be sure to contact him. Again, Ask the Contractor button is at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. And again, you can download past shows and check out the Facebook page from there, too. We thank you for joining us, and we hope to join you next week on the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show, presented by SureTop Roofing. Learn more and submit your questions at thecarolinacontractor.com. 
Your roof is the most important part of your home. Make sure you're protected with SureTop Roofing. We're locally owned, operated, and have proudly been serving the Triangle for the last decade. Plus, we offer a 50-year warranty on our shingles and 10 years on labor. If you're a veteran, ask us about our Roofs for Troops rebate program. Visit SureTopRoofing.com and listen to our weekly radio show at TheCarolinaContractor.com. SureTop Roofing, we've got you covered. 